People don't refer you because they're trying to grow your business and they don't do it because they may get wine from you or a $5 gift card. They do it because somebody out there has a problem and they get to be the hero helping that person solve their problem by connecting them with you, the best realtor in the world. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, so real estate rock stars. I am really excited to interview this guest today, Stacy Brown Randall. And one of the things that's very cool is that definitely you describe yourself as a contrarian, but also, you know, how to get referrals without without asking for them. So the first thing that I teach everybody is you gotta ask for the referral. Ask for the business. You know, I, I even talk about having a conversation versus a purposeful conversation. And I will literally define the difference between a conversation and a purposeful conversation is did you ask for the order? And so uh, when I read this, when I read your bio, I'm like, okay, we got to talk to Stacy here because she's going to like change the whole paradigm of everything that we do on Real Estate Rockstar. So let's hear it. Okay, so let's just be really clear that there's a big difference between asking for the close, right? Asking for the business, asking them if they want to hire you versus asking for referrals. So I'm with you in terms of, hey, sometimes you have to be willing to ask the person to say yes to doing business with you, right? I mean, so asking for the business, I am still on board with people doing that. If your natural conversation doesn't bring them to a place where they're saying, how quickly can I hire you, right? So if they're not saying that, then definitely asking for the business. But what I don't want you asking for are for referrals, because that's entirely different. Having someone put their reputation on the line and refer you to someone that they know and care about is actually entirely different from them deciding to hire you for themselves. So I think it's important to differentiate between the two there as we get started. Okay, I like that. All right. All right. So tell me, maybe maybe just some background. Tell me about yourself. I, I you know, I've, I've read your background, but I, I love to have the sort of guest, you know, your version of your background would be, uh, <laughs> would be better, I would guess. Well, we don't know. Would it be that I'm going to overinflate it or make it <laughs> worse than it actually is? No. So it's, it, it's always interesting when I get that question because people always say, they're like, how are you teaching people what you teach them. Like you're a contrarian on referrals. You teach them how to get referrals without asking, like, how in the world did you land where you landed? And I always say, well, it started with a business failure. And that is ultimately where it started. And the fact that I get to sit here today and hang out with you and your listeners and talk about how to generate referrals without asking is truly because of sheer necessity and the grace of God. So ultimately, when you look at my backstory, the most significant thing for me to share is that I started a business and four years later, just after the four-year mark, it crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. And it did not survive and make it to that five-year mark that is so coveted for most small business owners. And when I looked back on that business failure, and I'll tell you, with that business, it was an HR consulting firm. So it is completely different than what I'm doing now. I kind of have a portfolio career of things that I'm actually good at just based on some uh, companies that I worked for and careers I had prior to becoming an entrepreneur. And so when you looked back on that company, though, it was an HR consulting firm. 
big name clients. Like you would have assumed from the outside looking in that this business actually was doing really well when in fact it wasn't. Right. It was doing well for a point and then it wasn't. But like clients like KPMG, you know, like one of the world's largest accounting firms, right? Yep. Ally Bank, um, Coca-Cola Bottling Consolidated, one of the largest bottling, uh, Coca-Cola con- uh, bottlers in the United States, like big name clients. But yet my business had a secret. <clears throat> and that was, is that I never figured out how to consistently fill the prospect pipeline. Mm-hmm. I never figured out how to fill that funnel. I always used to say like having a conversation with someone and closing them into saying yes to work with me, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Getting the person to talk to, though, that was always my problem. And the one thing that I struggled with is I didn't figure out with that HR consulting firm how to keep that pipeline full. I would get a couple of, a couple of clients, start working on a couple of projects, put my head down, do the work, look up when the projects were done and be like, oh, crap, I don't have any more projects. There's no more clients. Now I got to go back into hustle mode. And that pipeline wasn't consistently staying full. So when the business failed and I had to go get a job, which is like the worst thing to do after you've been, right, an entrepreneur, it's like you've tasted freedom and now they're taking it away from you again. When I went back to work, I was like, okay, so how did I fail? Like what went wrong? Like what do I need to do different because I'm going to have another company? And during that time, I got certified as a business and productivity coach. I figured out some of the reasons why my business failed. And the big one was that lesson of, You didn't figure out how to fill the pipeline. So I started paying attention to all the ways other businesses were filling their pipeline. And some businesses were getting referrals. And I was like, yes, give me some of that. That's what I want. Like, how do I get those referrals? So when I started my business and productivity coaching practice, I was like, okay, I'm going to get referrals. So I did what everybody else does. I went looking for the advice on how to do that. Mm -hmm. And the advice was the same and it has been the same for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. It's what I call old school referral triggers. It's that if you want a referral, ask for it. If you want a referral, pay for it. If you want a referral, be overly promotional and gimmicky. And I just looked at that and I was like, yeah, but that doesn't really fit who I am. And I'm not really actually willing to do the asking and the being overly promotional and gimmicky. Now, I know in real estate, you can pay. I mean, I used to be a realtor. So I know in real estate, you can pay. But still, that's not the same kind of kickback commission I'm talking about because those are disclosed up front and people know that it's happening. But what I was talking about is like the behind the scenes, hey, if you refer me, I'll give you 10%, but let's not tell anybody. That's the kind of stuff that you were being taught. In addition to here's 40,000 different asking scripts of how you can take advantage of this client who actually at this moment likes you. So let's take advantage of that reciprocity. I'm like, no, that doesn't. I know it works for some people. And if it works for you, I always say, go on with your bad self. I'm so glad the asking works for you. But if it doesn't, there was nothing else out there that gave you a system you could follow to figure out what it meant to generate referrals. And I didn't set out to discover it so I could teach it to other people. I could not have another business failure. I needed my business to be successful. So I figured out some things that worked by literally using my own business as a guinea pig and figuring out, okay, wait, you can get referrals without asking. You just have to look at it differently and define it differently. And one of the things that you, that you talked about was really, uh, right on the money for realtors, and that's the that's the real estate uh, real estate cycle. And and you're you're talking about the cycle of your business. And what happens with many many realtors is that they get very busy they get very busy doing their business, right? And then when they're done, oh well, hey, you know, I've got three listings, I got two buyers, I'm just so busy right now. And they're not working on their business. Okay, they're working in their business. And then when they sell the three listings and put the two buyers in houses, then they're standing around going like. 
uh, okay, now what do I do? I've got um, no closings for March. Right. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you talked about that, the cycle of your business, you know, that really fits in with a realtor's uh, realtor business cycle. And then also one of the things to talk about all the time, we talk about with realtors and I work with uh, owners of offices and also uh, managers that have to fill their pipeline as well. And it's like, where's the, you know, what's a pipeline look like? You know? Yeah. Okay. So the business mm -hmm. you're doing today is really a reflection of what you've been doing you know, the last three months in terms of generating the business or a longer tail than that in terms of referrals and that sort of thing. So love to know the secret of that sauce for sure. Yeah. So I always tell folks, it's, it, the first place we kind of need to start to talk about, okay, how's it, how can we use referrals to continually help us fill our pipeline, right? Because we know that's the name of the game with what we're doing. When we look at how we're going to continually fill that pipeline with referrals, we really need to back up a step and we really need to make sure we're defining referrals all the same. Uh-huh. Okay. Because one thing I find is that people define it differently. They just do. They define referrals and they use terms like introductions and referrals interchangeably or word of mouth buzz or word of mouth referrals, which isn't a thing, but word of mouth buzz, or that's, that's the same thing as getting a referral. And I'm like, no, it's not. Or even like right down to a warm lead. They're like, oh yeah, this, this, I got a warm lead. It was a referral. And I'm like, when I ask people to unpack uh -huh. what they actually mean, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Those are actually four different terminologies in terms of how we label our prospects or our leads. There are warm leads, there are word of mouth buzz, there are introductions, and then there are referrals. Because we've used them and people have used them so interchangeably over the years, we act like they're all the same thing, which dilutes the actual definition and power of what a referral ultimately is. So I always tell folks, a referral has two things that a warm lead, word of mouth buzz, or introduction does not have. The first thing is, is it's always going to have a personal connection. There will always be a personal connection between the referral source, right? That's the person who's going to refer you between the referral source, the prospect, the person who hopefully will hire you and you as the so solution provider. So there's three cast of characters, right? There's three players yeah. in this. When we look at the referral process, there's you as a solution provider, the referral source who does the connecting to the prospect. And then of course the prospect themselves. Mm -hmm. So whether that's a buyer, right, or someone needing to list their homes, whatever it is, right, they're the prospect. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a connection between the referral source yeah. to that prospect in you because that is actually where the trust is transferred. So the easiest way I see this confused when we talk about this first point, the first part of the definition of a referral is somebody says, hey, Paul, actually somebody told me that they were talking to their neighbor about me and they're, they're totally going to reach out to me and they told them all about me, what a great realtor I am. It's awesome and I can't wait for them to reach out to me. I just got a referral and I'll be like, that is so not a referral. Yeah, yeah. That's word of mouth buzz. Some great. And here's the thing. I want you having word of mouth buzz. Right? Sure. That's actually important. Sure. But the reality is, is that I don't know who that neighbor is. And unless I decide to do a drive by stalker mode to right. exactly figure right. out who they are, I don't know who they are. So it's word of mouth buzz and it's great, but please don't call that a referral because it is then lacking that main piece you need, which is right. personal connection. Right, right, now, right. the second thing a referral has to have is the need identified which means I'm having a conversation with you as a prospect because there's actually a problem that I know I have and I have made a decision on some level that maybe it's time for me to solve it. Mm -hmm. So from that in mind, I'm now in buyer's mentality mode. I'm actually showing up quite possibly looking to sell my home or to buy a new home, right? I mean, let's be honest, if I'm in my forever home and I bought it 10 years ago and I plan to die in this home, 
I don't need to talk to a realtor. Like, right. probably not until I die, and then it'll probably be my children's pre- you know, issue, right? It'll be their mess to deal with. Right. So the reality of it is there has to be a need identified. There is a personal connection made because that's right. where the trust is transferred, and then there's a need identified in the prospect. So we all know that someone's about to buy something and say yes to something, and that's why they're being connected okay. with me yep. as a solution provider. Yep. And I'm taking notes, as you can see. I'm, yes. uh, I like it. I like it. Okay. So, so personal connection, need identified, and then what? So, and that's just basically what we look at when we're just defining referral. And okay. I think that's an important piece to just understand, like, well, hey, when I say referral, I'm not talking about okay. somebody connected you to somebody over email, and they made an introduction, and you think it's a referral, and you go in guns blazing, ready to close uh-huh. this listing, uh-huh. right? Because you think you've been referred, and in fact, you've just been introduced to someone, and there's no buyer, right? There's no uh-huh. need identified. There's no buyer's mentality. Uh-huh. I tell people the reason why I want you to understand why the definition of referral matters is so you can identify it when it comes at you because how you respond should be different to an introduction, word of mouth buzz or a referral or even a warm lead. Your reaction and how you're going to handle not just the interaction with the person who's trying to do the connecting, right? Or the person who's trying to get you to have this new client but then also when you actually have a conversation with the prospect, with that potential new client, right. your reaction changes, your process changes, and you don't know to change if you don't know what you've just received. Right. And that's why the definition piece is such an important just kind of first step. Right, right, right. Got it. So, hey, you know, I was at this party and, and you know, uh, Stacy, I, I was just telling them how great you are and, uh, you know, I gave them your number and, uh, you know... Isn't that wonderful? So where's the, okay, maybe there's a personal connection, you know, where's the need identified, right? It's not, oh, yeah, I bumped into a business owner and you know what, they're starved for, you know, for for filling their pipeline and I told them, hey, Stacy's the person you need to talk to. Now we've got the need identified, the personal connection, potential for a real referral. Yeah, because at that point, if they're having a conversation with me about me at a party, right? They are definitely doing the word of mouth buzz thing. They are, they are definitely identifying that need. That need is there. Hey, you need to fill your pipeline. I got the person who can help you fill your pipeline. To make it a referral though, to put me in the driver's seat to be able to follow up with them is that I then need them to send an email. Now, I would say 99% of all referrals that happen with that personal connection and that connection is actually made over email, about 99, let's be honest, happen that way. That's not to say it can't happen over a group text thread. And that's not to say it can't happen face-to-face if I happen to be at that same party and they're like, let me call Stacy over here, right? And you can meet her, but I have to be connected. So Awesome that someone says, I got a problem, and someone else says, oh, I know exactly how to solve it. Stacy can solve it. That does me no good if I don't get connected to that person. It's great that people are saying good things about me, and maybe, just maybe, that person's need to fill their pipeline will be so big, they'll be like, I don't need you to connect me. I'm calling Stacy right now, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it'll just flip itself into a referral, but more than likely, I'll need the referral source to say, hey, when I get in the car tonight before I head home, I'm going to connect you and Stacy over email. So that you guys can follow up with each other because she's definitely who you need to hire. That is the ultimate, like tie it up with a pretty bow, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of what that referral needs to look like. It's like meeting someone at a party and you've, you've, you've made the connection, you know, they have a need and you're like, oh, hey, that's, uh, that's, that's exchange information. Like, oh, well, let me grab your card. They take your card and they're like, oh, I'll be in touch. I would never let that go. You know, be like, okay, no, no, no. Oh, great. Yeah, here's my card. But while we're at it, let me grab your number so that I can make sure that I can initiate that, that contact, make sure that ball gets rolling. 
Yeah, you know, it's actually funny. I don't carry business cards uh-huh. so that I can control right. that situation. Yeah. I just always say, hey, they're like, hey, I have your card. I'm like, you know what? I don't have one on me. I yeah. haven't printed business cards in like 10 years. But I'm like, I don't have one on me, but let me get your card or let me get your information and I'll follow up. Right. Because then it puts the activity, uh, it, it puts the initiating that, that sales process on your plate, which you know you're going to do, or right. at least you have control of. Sure. Just having control. I just want to be in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. It's the same yeah. thing with referrals. If you talk to someone who has a need, right, about wanting referrals without asking, and or they say they want referrals but they don't want to ask for them, I want you to also put me in the driver's seat by connecting me to them, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing when I meet a prospect out and they're like, hey, let's exchange cards. I'm like, hey, you give me yours. I want to be in control. I want to be in the driver's seat and controlling who gets to take the next step. Okay, got it. So uh, you've defined uh, referrals for me. I'm clear. I got the, I've got the definition. Now what? Okay. So the big question I always get from realtors, really it's anybody, but specific with the realtors who have, you know, who are in my community or have gone through my program. The big question always is, is how do I get more? How do I get more referrals and more referral sources? And I always say, okay, time out. <laughs> Hold on for a minute. What we first have to do is actually look at the data your business is already holding on to, uh-huh. to discover what it looks like from a referral perspective for you. Mm -hmm. So ultimately what I want you to be after is understanding what's already existing in your business. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people come and they're like, hey, I need more referrals or I need more referral sources. I need more people sending me more referrals. And I'm like, well, are you sure? Do we, do we actually know if that's the case? Because what we need to pay attention to is not only your capacity for how many clients can you work, like how many listings and buyers can you handle in a year, depending on your team size, right? Like what's your capacity? And then what have you received in the past? Do you even have any referral sources? Because that's going to dictate if we can get more from your existing right. body of referral sources versus you needing to learn how to turn more people into referral sources. So I take everybody through a process and it's one I outline in chapter eight of my book as well, because I just feel like it's one of the most important steps. Cause if you won't get through this step, it doesn't really matter what else I'm going to teach you because it's not going to work because you haven't done the identification, which is okay. Who are your referral sources? So I tell everybody, okay, so if this is realtor specific. I would say yeah. sit down with your list of the last two yeah. to three years yep. of your buyers and sellers. Like who've been your clients? Yeah right? Now, if you've been in business 10 or 15 years, I mean, let's go back more than two years, maybe Uh look four years back. If you've only been in business a year, well, it just is what it is, right? You can go back as far as you possibly can. This is a really hard exercise for newbies to do. So I usually say, don't do it. Right. But the reality is, is that look back in your business at who your buyers and sellers have been, Mm -hmm. make a list of them and then figure out how they first heard about you. Now, if you have a CRM, some type of client relationship management tool, Hopefully you've been tracking this information, right? You got, you know, a Bobby because he, because he, you farmed the neighborhood and he responded to a postcard you sent, right? Or you happen to land Sally as a client because she's been in a networking group with you for the last 10 years and was finally ready to sell her home, right? Or finally ready to buy a new home or whatever it is. But you go through and you map out, okay, here's all my clients for the last three years. I'll just use three as my example. Here's all my clients for the last three years. And here's where they first heard about me or how they learned about me. And so what you're going to have is a list of different types of sources for where these clients came from. They may be the farming that you do. It may be, you know, any direct mail pieces that you do. It may be social media that you do. If you do any social media ads, it could do, if you do any speaking engagements, it could, I mean, it's anything and everything, including referrals. Mm-hmm. So as you're writing this list of clients, you're going to be like, oh, I, I met client 
right? I met Paul because he was referred to me by his neighbor, Sarah, right? So you're going to have this information. What you would then do once you have this data, and here's the thing, this takes work. Mm -hmm. That's why lots of people don't get past this step. There's no magic bullet. There's no, you know, there's no magic wand I can hand you and be like, poof, here are all your referrals that you're going to need every year from now into eternity. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You have to be willing to do some work. Yeah, and, and this I, is. I think that, you know, I think that it's like, I pre, I really appreciate you saying like, Hey, you know, you, there's a, there's a part of this that, you know, there's a magic bullet or whatever, but there's a part of this you got to roll up your sleeves on. And I got to tell you, you said, this is, this is hard work. I, I believe, I believe this is not hard work. <laughs> However, okay. Uh, we, we need folks to understand what to do and how to do it. So if you, if you say to, if you say to me like, okay, well, you've got to identify your referral sources or whatever. Now, okay. Now that sounds to me like hard work, get your list from years ago and right. But the process of it, not so bad. Um, one of the things too, is I find that, that, that a lot of, uh, a lot of realtors, at least in my area where the price point is so high. So, so we, we have a different, you know, and we're, we're talking to a national audience. Okay. Mm -hmm. But where our price point is so high out here on, in Los Angeles, the West Coast, we have a lot more haphazard folks making a decent living, okay? <laughs> and so, you yes. know, to begin with, they don't have a CRM. You know, now, <laughs> folks that do have a CRM, I get it. Uh, and then a lot of people are just going to be in between. So they're doing a really good business. They really want, they want to take their business to the next level. And so what you're saying is go through your past clients. And I'll share, I'll share a stat with you that, you know, uh, I say all the time, I, I, might, I might miss the numbers by a few digits, but it's easy to find out. And it's National Association of Realtors, so it's a third-party unbiased group. They go out and they do these surveys of people after they buy a home. And they ask a whole list of questions. The last question they ask is, would you use this person? Did you like this person enough to use them for your next transaction? An amazingly high number of people say yes. I'm going to say 86%. It's in the mid to high 80s say yes. And then they go back and follow it. And how many have actually used that realtor for their next transaction? And the number fo falls into the low teens. So we're looking at 12 to 14%. So one of the things that's missing in that equation is just the try is just client tracking. Okay. So in order to work with Stacy's to do Stacy's chapter eight piece of work. Okay. You also, this is, this is great for your business, right? And that is if you're doing business in a real haphazard way, get a simple CRM, you know, get all of, track all of your past clients and that past clients are going to lead to future sales for sure, but are also going to identify a fabulous referral source. Now you're, you're Stacy, you're asking that, uh, okay, well, geez, let me see. I sold a house uh, three years ago to AJ and you know, uh, well, you know, to be truthful, the way I got that business is I'm friends with AJ's dad. Okay. So we do business together. Okay. That's it. That's how I got it. Now, now one of the things I want to do a couple of things. One thing is I want AJ's dad to refer more clients to me, like his son, obviously trust the relationship of be sending his son to me. So he should send more people to me, but he doesn't. Okay. And then the other one is I want AJ to refer me because I did a good job for AJ. So now I have actually very high trust with both of them. Neither of them are really sending me any referrals. That's a familiar problem. Yeah. So here's the reality. Okay. Let's focus first on getting AJ's dad. Let's just call him Tom. Okay. For Steve. sake of argument. What is it? Steve. 
Steve. Okay, we'll call him Steve. So let's, okay, so here's the thing. This is two different things, and we have to look at this in two different ways. The process is really similar of how we're going to turn AJ into a referral source and how we're going to cultivate more referrals out of Steve, AJ's dad, but we have to start by looking at them separate. So a couple of things to consider. So I always tell folks, if you don't have a CRM and you have to go back and do this little process, I call walk down memory lane. Yep. And that's where it feels like work because the CRM, you push a button, whoop, there's all my clients and all the sources because yep. if I put in the names of the people who referred me, I can have my list. If you have to do a walk down memory lane, you still have to sit down with the same list of clients and you have to look back and maybe and there's you have some buried in your sent folder or your deleted folder that you never delete of your emails, some email thread of how they first came to be. Like you're just looking for the last email you sent, right? Maybe you're going to look in your calendar invite because you put in some notes that you took. Maybe you have a folder on them and whether it's a digital folder or a printed old school folder and you took some notes in that very first meeting of how they heard about you maybe you just remember but you do have to walk down memory lane and you have to sit down you have to identify where all these clients that I have is the best of my ability you won't get hundred percent and that's okay if you're sure. especially if you're not tracking where do these people come from and then we're going to eliminate everybody who didn't come through our referral source. And then we're going to look at those referral sources and we're going to identify some things about them. And this is where the part about Steve comes into play. First of all, there are four different kinds of referral sources. Okay. And we have to understand what the four are because how we engage with them is different. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use the Steve AJ scenario in a couple of different ways to show some, a couple of examples of what this looks like. So number one is the number one type of referral source you can have, of course, is your clients. Now, mm -hmm. I work in some industries, like in the legal profession. I have some attorneys that are in my program. Oh, yeah. They're not going after their clients. They do criminal law. They're not trying to get their clients to refer them. They do. They're just not trying to get, you know, they're not trying to get referrals from them. Uh -huh. But for most of us, we can get referrals from our clients. And it is, uh, for a lot of realtors, their actual number one referral source. Mm -hmm. as the four types. So there's clients. The second one is centers of influence. Those are people who know what you do, don't do what you do. So there's no competitive overlap, but they come across your ideal client. So maybe it is a mortgage broker, yeah. right? Maybe it is, you know, somebody else in the industry that's referring people to you, whatever it looks like from your perspective. So you're going to have clients and centers of influence. Those are actually our top two referral source types, but there's two more. There are strangers, and there are family and friends. Mm -hmm. So let me use this as an example. Let's say Steve was a client and he referred his son, AJ, right? So that puts Steve in the client bucket. And I'm thinking to myself, easier job to turn Steve into a referral source. Mm -hmm. to, I know he referred me AJ, but now I want more, right? So to truly turn him into an ongoing referral source. Mm -hmm. Now, if Steve happens to be in the family and friends bucket, Right? That means that we're somehow related or buddies with Steve. Mm -hmm. And the only person he's ever referred is AJ. And when I really think about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah nope. Steve's not really built to refer me anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's really not how Steve's built. So he's in the family and friends category. I always tell folks, when you go through the family and friends category, you get to decide mm -hmm. if, they're gonna, if they have the potential to refer you more. If okay. your aunt referred you, her best friend, to sell their house, but your aunt is a hermit, and never leaves her house, but knew her neighbor because it was her best friend and they were selling their house. Great. Let's just assume your aunt may never refer you again and you don't need to build a referral generating plan that's okay. going to include your aunt as one of your referral okay. sources because probably not going to refer you again, right? Yeah. Now let's talk about strangers. Strangers happen because sometimes the longer you've been in business, your reputation will precede you, right? And so you will 
hopefully it's positive, right? That you will have a good reputation out there in the marketplace and people will have heard about you or heard of people who used you. You don't know them. That's because by definition, they're a stranger, but they feel confident enough in you, which is kind of crazy because they don't even really know you, but they've decided that they like you and trust you and they'll refer you to someone, right? And so if you can figure out who that stranger is, right, then you can decide, can I cultivate that person into a referral source and turn them into a COI who will refer me? Or truly, can I never really get a hold of them? I can't seem to get a meeting with them. I can't seem to start building a relationship with them. It was a great referral, one and done from that stranger. Mm -hmm. So whereas there are four types of referral sources, right? There is, of course, clients, centers of influence, strangers, and family and friends. We're only going to build a plan to cultivate more referrals from the Steves of the world if they're a client or a center of influence. We'll decide if a family or friend or a stranger gets to move up to one of those two levels. But a lot of times they're just, they just are what they are and yay, it's extra gravy and that's wonderful. But we can't build a system and a process around strangers and family and friends if they don't have the propensity to continue to refer. Okay. So I'm, so I've got my list. I've got clients, centers of influence, and then I've drawn a line across my piece of paper and below that are strangers and friends and family. And, and of those last two, see, I'm not a bad student, right? Of the last two, of the last two categories, I'm going to sort of uh, decision tree them like yes Mm -hmm. or no. Uh, Is it a one and done or, uh, or they really have potential to, to do more. Right. And you're just going to trust your gut because you don't really know. Mm-hmm. So you can err on the side of caution and move them up to the center of influence line if you want, right? Because ultimately they're not a client. So they're not going to, they're going to make it into the COI bucket and see what happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, your gut speaks like, and you yeah. just need to listen to it. And I think you were, I think you gave some hint into that too, is like, oh, you know, Hey, my aunt uh, gave me this referral. She's like, oh, she just thinks I'm great. She delivered it on a silver platter, all good, but she's a hermit. So therefore... Or, you know, somebody else gave me a referral, you know, it might not have even been as strong a referral, but wow, they're, they're in an industry, they're in the entertainment industry, uh, they're an agent uh, for CAA down the road, and they have, a, you know, a huge potential. Yes. So to your point, decision tree it out and make the decision um, on what you think could po- potentially or possibly happen. We don't evaluate our success until we've actually kind of put them through the paces for yep. an entire year to see what will ultimately One come year. out of it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But to your point, yes, what you just did is identified who mm-hmm. has the potential to refer you, right? Who's done it once or twice, but we don't really know if we can get more out of them. You just looked at them and identified them like very well connected, knows a lot of people, right? Okay, we're going to move them on over. Hermit crab, not going to move them on over. Okay, got it. Got it. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com and get your free gifts now. Okay, so uh, you mentioned referral generating plan. Yes. So, so how do we get these? So now I've got I've got my I've got my buckets. Uh, one of the things that one of the things I'll just highlight um, in my experience, and you can tell me more about it, is 
we really statistically have evaluated how important former clients are. Okay. So in the real estate space, I, you know, I have it statistically, you know, I have it, I have it for, for every, for every 12 people in my database. And I mean, it's down to like 12.1, right? For every 12.1 people in my database, I'm looking for two sales. Okay. And the two sales will be one for them when they eventually go to sell their own house again, and then one referral. And that's sort of the statistical measure. Now, some former clients, of course, refer a bunch and some refer none, but that's how significant former clients are. I look at them as two potential sales in, in my pipeline. Uh, one is theirs, one is, a, one is a referral. One of the things that you mentioned that I think folks don't look at as much is a center of influence, okay? And I look at that really important piece that you said you know, a non-competitor, right? So if you're going to run around and hang out with realtors all day, I'm sorry, you know, it's like CPAs hanging out with CPAs. How are you going to get clients? Let's go to a networking. I'm a CPA. Let's go to a networking event and I'll sit around with a bunch of CPAs. You know, that's not going to make a lot of sense. You could get a few maybe, right? Uh, but centers of influence being people who are outside of your industry. Now, interestingly, you mentioned mortgage, right? Which is a very obvious one for realtors. The issue with that is, is that, uh, mortgage folks are looking for the business as hard or harder than you. Okay. So, so for my center of influence, for example, uh, you know, it goes into friends and family also, but you know, my dentist is my nephew and he's a fabulous referral source. He touches lots and lots and lots of people who, you know, has a high end practice or in a high end area that may need to buy or sell. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so he is, I would take him out of the friends and family category for sure, put him in center of influence. He's in a business that day to day, he's seeing 20 patients or 15 patients and every one of these is a potential client uh, for me. So that's a great center of influence thing. And you're going to tell me how I get my nephew because he wants to refer them, but how do I get him to, to really work for me? Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. Once we've identified the who, so once we know who has referred us in the past, so we're focusing on this from Steve's perspective, right? So we haven't gotten to AJ yet about getting AJ to start referring us. And I will tell you though, so much of it comes that if your referral sources are previous clients, your ability to stay top of mind is huge um, for them to even yes. like remember your name. Like you think yes. you work so close with your realtor and you do like, so my husband and I recently sold our house. Now we're living in an apartment while we're trying to find home number two. And then the market stinks right now where we are. And there's nothing in our price point that we're looking for. But the reality of this is you we know a, our realtor. You have a need. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create, create a fix for that need. But carry on. Okay, perfect. That sounds wonderful. Um, though I actually like living in an apartment. Do you know how much easier it is? <laughs> like it's just so much easier. Anyways, we're off topic. It's all by the drape behind you. But carry on. I know, I know. This is what happens when they do construction at your office and you're forced into the home apartment. Okay. So the idea that when I think about, right, when I am looking at my referral sources and I know some of them can be clients, let me address this and let me flip over the referral generating plan, is that you think as a realtor, you spend so much time with that person in their home, them in your car, driving them around or meeting them at houses, like you think they'll never forget your name. They will. Oh, it may take two years. But at two years of you not communicating with them, unless they're like buddies, like we are with our realtor, they are not going to remember your name. I remember the very first condo I purchased. I was like, 
way too young to be purchasing anything. I don't know how my, why my parents even agreed to help me, but I was like 22, 23 years old, bought my first condo. My realtor was like my mama through that entire process, mm -hmm. right? And she followed up, right? Every year until about the third or fourth year. Now, I don't know. She may have passed away. I'm not really quite sure what happened. She may have gotten out of the business, whatever, but I couldn't tell you her name. I can tell you what company she was with, but I couldn't tell you her name. And I loved this woman. She was so helpful and she helped me navigate some pretty significant issues that we had with the sellers we were dealing with. And I had a 22 year old who didn't know what the heck they were doing. Right, right. And so, so that is a big part of your ability to turn clients into referral sources. Mm -hmm. The other thing to note is I tell folks, particularly students in my program, stop worrying about all your clients and focus on the 30% that probably will refer you. It's probably higher than that, but let's just take it down a notch and focus on the 30% that are actually the type that are well-connected and that would be willing to refer you and have said they've had a great opportunity or a great experience working with you. Like, let's find the commonalities to identify that 30% and start there. Once we know Okay. Who our real who our referral sources are, okay. then we need to actually go through the process of getting referrals or more referrals from them. All right, so I'm I am following very closely. I'm go. I, I've done the work now. I've got my list. So so maybe I had no CRM. I guess it doesn't matter. We could use a notepad if we had to. Yep. Uh, whatever it is, and I've gone down my list. I go, okay. You know what, Stacy? You know, I've been in the business for seven years, but the last five years have been really active. So I pulled the list of every house I sold for the last five years. I've got all the names of the families. I've got, hey, where I got the leads, okay? Mm -hmm. Where did I get the leads from those? And that's my who. So That is your who. Yeah, so here's the thing. That's your who. Now, we have to go through and we kind of have to look at this a little bit closer. It's one of the things I tell my students. There's a big difference between active and inactive referral sources. Uh -huh. Somebody who referred you more than two years ago and hasn't referred you since is probably inactive. Doesn't mean they can't be turned back to yes. active. Yep. But we do have to pay attention to their status, so to speak. And the other thing I would tell you is to you, you and I look at this and we kind of say to ourselves, this is work, but it's, it's, it's a process you should be doing. You should be doing it every year in your business. It's something you should know of the data and the stats behind yeah. your business. Here's my promise though, for any realtor that's listening that says, okay, fine, I'll go look at the last five years of my business and I'll sit down with my yellow pad because I don't have a CRM. Uh -huh. I'll correct that mistake in a minute, right? But my first right. mistake I'm going to do is I'm going to do this walk down memory lane and hand write out everybody and look through my calendar and my phone, trying to figure out where these people came from. Here's my promise to you. If you do this once and you do it correctly, mm -hmm. this is the step of my process you never do again. Uh -huh. Because then you're going to start tracking referrals as they come in. So okay. you're always going to know who your referral sources are from this point more moving forward because you're tracking them as you receive them. And now you know who's been referring you in the past because you went through this process that felt like work because it was. But if you do it right, you don't have to do it again. All right. Now, in my, in my AJ and Steve uh, example, you know, Steve only referred me that one client. That's his son. But I'm going to tell you, that tells me that he really trusts me, okay? Yep. And he is really willing. He's not active, okay? Because that's the only referral I've had. Now, Steve, these are, these are real facts, okay? Steve is a, a lawyer with a giant practice. So he is right at the epicenter of what I would run out and look for to create a new center of influence person. And he's already referred me someone, not just someone, his son. So I know he trusts me. I know he's got a lot of contact with the public, but he hasn't sent me a referral in three years. Okay, so that's one, sorry, that's one point. The other thing is I, I need you to tell me why, why am I looking at Steve 
because I just sold AJ his house and he is just thinks I'm wonderful. And that was not that long ago. Why, why am I not, what's my process? I need, need to know my process for AJ. Cause when I go through it's, it's what I do. So I want to know and learn different today. I go through my, all my past clients and go, these are my referral sources. Right. So, so tell me about, sorry, how do I get Steve who really knows, likes and trusts me and is willing to refer, but just hasn't anymore. And right. what do I do with AJ? But maybe I skipped a few steps ahead. Well, it's, well, you're just trying to jump ahead, right? Because you, you know we need right. both, right? At the end of the day, there are two processes you have to learn. They're similar, but they are different. And okay. you want them operating on par parallel tracks. Okay. okay. You know what happens when you try to learn two things at one time? And yeah. you try to implement two things at one time? See, Stacy also, wait, Stacy also runs a podcast. So what Stacy is also saying is your secret message. Do you know what happens when you ask two questions at one time? <laughs> Don't do it. Ask but one I, question. Go I'm ahead. I'm going to answer them both. That I promise. And okay. just going to go with one first and then come back to the next. Okay. But the truth is, is when we try to put two processes in place in our business, while we're running our business, we don't make any progress. Correct. We do inches. We don't Correct. do miles of progress. And we need Correct. miles of progress. So we're going to pick one. What I have found, even though you were dying for AJ to become a new referral source, yes. It is easier for you to pick up traction and motivation if I can actually take existing referral sources and get you more referrals from them. Okay. And that will help bleed over into your willingness to do the work now than to turn AJ into a referral okay. source. Now, here's the thing. I am making some pretty clear assumptions about your business, and that's really important. Number one is I'm assuming you do good work and you are actually referable. So nobody refers crappy work and nobody refers choppy work. So I'm assuming you do good work. That's why Steve referred his son in the first place, right? So that's my expectation. If you have referral sources and you've been in business a couple of years at least and you have referrals that you were doing great work. That's really important. The other thing I'm assuming at this moment is that you actually have a client experience that extends beyond the active or working with you stage. So the way I teach client experience, I'm going slightly off, but I'm gonna come back, so don't worry. Okay, okay. The way I teach client experience is when a client says yes to working with you, that is when their client experience begins. And yep. it starts with them in the new phase, and then eventually they move to what we would call the ongoing or active phase. And then when that house has been purchased or sold, then they become an alumni client. You better have a way to make sure that you are keeping in touch, and this is the only time I say keeping in touch, that you are keeping in touch with those clients in the alumni stage mm -hmm. because that helps you identify that, hey, I want AJ to be a referral source, but there's something humming along over here already happening, mm -hmm. right? While we're working to figure out now, how do I turn AJ into a referral source? Well, at least he's, and I don't mean the market report emails that you can oh, send out. Right. And I actually don't mean the super fancy magazines that you can send oh, out because yeah. those are laden with sales messaging. Yes. What I'm talking about is client touch points that build relationship from a client who's done working with you consistently. It's uh -huh. like the daylight savings time reminder postcards. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And don't you dare put a message on that that says, I'm ready to help you with your home buying needs, right? We know that. That's why you're sending us this message. I don't need that. Okay. So I'm assuming you do great work and I'm assuming you have a client experience that extends past the work being done. Now, to answer your question though, I'm assuming those two things as I'm about to teach you how you create a referral generating plan. So once we have our list of Steve's, the people who have referred us in the past, and we have that list, what we need to do is ultimately impact how they feel about us. Yes. Can and I, how we, what? 
Can I ask a question? I'm sorry, just because I'm afraid I'm going to miss this. Okay. Um, it might even be a tiny point. I know you're getting into something really important and great. Every one of our listeners, okay, including me, right? Everyone in our community, including me, I love your client touch point, okay? I get it. Newsletter, that's BS. Do I, do I recommend that people send newsletters out? My answer is yes, I do, okay? Yes. But you and I both know that newsletter is different than something that's actually useful, okay? So now you're saying daylight savings, that's a client touch point because I'm the type of person I might forget to, to change my clock. Wow, yep. Stacy was helpful. I appreciate that. Now you said, don't you dare put the, the ask for the sale on that. And that's contrarian because all, uh, all I'm not gonna say it, most of my community, including me, I'm gonna take the time and effort, okay, to think about you and I'm going to send you that daylight savings thing or I might send something even more specific to you. I know that you've got three kids. I know that you've got one kid that's transitioning from maybe middle school to high school. I've got, who's a girl, okay? I have a phenomenal book for you, for real I do, okay? It's, you got to read this book, okay? Except for my daughter's not transitioning yet to okay. high school. Stop making me older. Okay, sorry. It's, She's this, still in elementary school. Yeah, this, okay, sorry. I got the, I got the reserve, but it's fine. This is a great, it's a, it's, this, is a, this is a great, phenomenal human touch. I care a lot about my clients. Right. I do this sort of thing. You're telling me when I hand you that book or the little note that I stick in that book, at the bottom it doesn't say like, hey, Stacy, remember me for referrals or business. So no, it doesn't need to. Because of the old school referral triggers and old school ways that we've just been taught for so long and trying to get the buyer's attention or trying to get the client's attention, um, that's why we've been told we need to do those things. Let me be honest. If you remember that I have a child transition. I, I just feel the need to say this as a very vain female. I don't have any kids transitioning into high school. We just started middle school and we're still in elementary school with my children. But regardless, if you remembered that I have a child transitioning at this point, you sold my house two years ago and you remembered because you've been tracking it now, you know, my children's ages, right? Cause it's in your CRM. Yep. And you know that my daughter has, or my son has reached the age to transition into high school and you send me a book. I am going to love and remember you forever. And don't worry, I will remember that you were that wonderful agent that I worked with mm -hmm. that actually became a part of my family's life story. Mm -hmm. So please don't think you have to remind me of what you do. Now, can your name and your logo be on it that clearly says real estate? Mm -hmm. Of course, right? But what I'm saying is, is we have to stop always feeling like uh -huh. we have to remind people of what we do. Yes. If the moments we do are so monumental that they have impact in their life. So you're sending me an e-newsletter and I don't care. I mean, you can definitely send me an e-newsletter about the market report and put on there. I'm always available, right? I hate that, but fine. If you want to do it, do it. It does. Nobody's reading it. Nobody cares. I know we think they do. They don't, okay. right? But if you want to keep in touch that way, that's fine. But if you're doing things that keep you connected to your clients in a way like that, right? Well, then you're already light years ahead of a lot of people who are figuring out. And what we're really talking about right here is the client experience, not even the referral experience, right. but you doing that book. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I'm not going to forget. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember. And when I'm talking to my friend over drinks one night and she says, my gosh, we have got to get a bigger house. We have all these children and they're just so loud. Don't you think I'll be like, oh, you cannot use any other realtor, but this one, mm -hmm. right? And of course that's going to happen. 
It's a trust thing you have to build up and understand. We feel like if we say it on there, it's going to make people remember it more. And in fact, what it does, particularly on the referral side, so I'll give you some passes on the client side, but it cheapens the message. It actually cheapens the gift when you make it about a sales pitch. Okay. Okay. So let's transition to the referral side because this is where I'm adamant about this. Mm -hmm. I will give you some leeway on the client experience side, okay. right? I mean, I was a realtor for a couple of years, so I definitely know the world that you guys live in. I did it before the 08 recession though, where you basically uh -huh. just turned on your website and leads poured in, right? Uh -huh. I mean, so it was a little right. bit different. I mean, I still worked for the clients that I had and I still worked to get them. But the reality of it is, if we look at this from the referral perspective, when I'm doing marketing and prospecting, I'm trying to talk to the end user, the buyer, right? I'm trying to talk to the home buyer, the home seller. If I'm doing prospecting and marketing activities, I'm farming a, a net, I mean, I'm farming a neighborhood or I'm doing Facebook ads or I'm trying to get publicity in my local paper about real estate needs, right? That is all, that is all uh, prospecting and marketing activities. When we switch over here to our referral side and we start dealing with your referral sources, you're not talking to the end user. You're not communicating. You're not building a relationship. You're not building trust with a buyer. They may have been a previous buyer because they're a client, but they're not a buyer right now. They're not a client right now. They're a referral source. So your no, number one op, your number one goal is to impact how they feel about you. Okay. And how they feel about you is done by having a referral generating plan, which is a series of what we call touch points, but you can think of them as just outreach to your referral sources that you do that allows you to be memorable and meaningful. We call it minding your M&Ms, memorable and meaningful, and allows you to stay top of mind. Because yep. if I am going to put my reputation on the line and refer you someone that I know, it's going to be because I trust you and I like you mm -hmm. and I know that you care about me and I'm not just a number to you from the previous like how much commission you made on me as I, as I was a client. And it's not just about the number of referrals I send, but you come from a place of ultimate gratitude. We're like getting back to business human basics here, right? Yes, yes. We come from a place of gratitude. We come from a place of genuineness, of being authentic. If you care about your referral sources because they drop clients into your lap and make your life easier, then if you feel that way, this is really easy. This will not work for you if you were dead inside. Let's just, let me just go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. But a, but a referral generating plan is a series of typically four to eight touch points. What you do depends on how many you have to do throughout the course of a year that is memorable and meaningful. Here's what's not memorable and meaningful to a referral source, your email newsletter, yes. a koozie with your logo on it. Mm -hmm. Right. That call it happens like clockwork every 62 days because your CRM reminded you that you hadn't reached out to me in 62 days. And we have the same conversation or the same text thread exchange. How are you? How's business? Please know I can see right through that. I know why you're reaching out mm -hmm. unless you have a purpose for reaching out. Like, hey, I heard your daughter got married. Very different. Right. Makes an impact. So what what we have to be is memorable and meaningful. Let me give you a very distinct example that I know everyone can kind of picture in their mind's eye. Now, here's the thing. I'm giving you an example of a gift you can send. It is one of many things you can do. Lots of people don't have the money to send gifts, so don't send gifts. What I teach the students in my program is there's actually a number of categories of things you can do, and most of them don't cost you any money. They may take some of your time, but they won't cost you any money. But just so I know everyone can picture this, Imagine that you identified your top 
referral sources. Like, so let's just say you have enough of them that you actually have some levels, right? That'd be one of the things I would teach you. You have some levels of them and you're looking at your top referral sources. Uh And one thing you realized about them is that actually 80% of them are not only business owners, but they're also parents, right? So that just happens to be like what mine look like, right? So Uh business owners who are also parents. So something that's memorable and meaningful that you wouldn't expect from me, right? Because, you know, at this point, it's like if I'm your business coach, right? Your business and productivity coach, or I'm the person who teaches you how to get referrals. Okay, maybe you would expect it if I'm your person who teaches you how to get referrals. But the idea here is, is that I know that my top referral sources, 80% of them are parents. So I'm going to recognize Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because why would I expect to hear from my realtor on Mother's Day or Father's Day? Mm. It's not, I, let me be honest, I know I'm going to hear from you at Thanksgiving or Christmas because we all do it. But Mother's Day and Father's Day, that's memorable. That's meaningful. To go next step, what I sent to all of my female mothers that were my top referral sources was a Wonder Woman water bottle. Uh And guess what I did? I resisted the urge to slap my logo on it. Uh I just sent it as a gift. It was a Wonder Woman water bottle. But do you think in the two or three years after sending that gift, they ever forgot who gave them a Wonder Woman water bottle, who reminded them on Mother's Day, hey, I see you, never forget you are a hero. This life is hard, right? Trying to be a mom and everything else that we are in life. Mm -hmm. And so the idea there is, is that that was memorable and meaningful. And when we're memorable and meaningful, that moves us to top of mind. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to always be remembered. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to know, wow, Stacy cares about me. And it wasn't about, because there was no sales message on it, about getting another deal. But mm-hmm. they naturally think of you in that way. Mm-hmm. But here's the secret piece. And I call it the secret sauce. It's then the language you use, what we call planting referral seeds, when you're doing this outreach. When you have your referral generating plan in place and you've mapped out your touch points for the course of a year, and then I want you to do it every year after that, but you've mapped out your touch points for the course of the year, and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to be memorable and meaningful. This is going to keep me top of mind. To get referrals from those touch points, we need to move into the subconsciousness, though, of our referral sources by planting referral seeds. And that's the language piece. So the, easy example, the easiest example I can give you is what do you write in a thank you card to someone who just referred you? What do you write to Steve after he referred you AJ? Mm-hmm. Now, the reality is, is what I teach my students is the way you write a card to someone who referred you family actually looks a little bit different than the example I'm about to give you. Okay. But basically what you're going to say in this card is, thank you for referring me to your son, AJ. It's an honor to help the people you know and care about. If I can do anything for you, or if I can ever do anything for you, please let me know. Now, it's three simple sentences. Lots of people have issues with the last one, so I don't care if you don't put it in there or not. But it's the thank you for referring me to your son, AJ. Mm -hmm. And it is an honor and a privilege, or it is a privilege. It's an honor, right, to help the people you know and care about. That language alone is planting referral seeds and getting them to remember what they did and that you are thankful for their referrals. And you don't ever say, and can you send me 10 more? That would be great, right? You do not make that type of language in there. People have forgotten that how easy it is for us to be memorable and meaningful and use this planting of referral seed language because nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Okay, I, I'm I'm really paying attention. You know, I'm writing this all down. I got the first two lines, and then the third one you said was a little controversial. Maybe give me the third one again so I can yep. write. If if there's anything I can ever do for uh, you, please let me I know. Like it. I like it too. Some people are like, that's just not what I would say if I was writing this thank you note to someone I've known for 10 years. I'm like, okay, then don't, then change it. 
Tell them to have a great year. Tell them you'll see them next week at Bunko. Like whatever it is, I don't care, right? But it's the two first sentences that I care most about. I, 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 think, in, I think if a very close friend of mine, that's where it, the third sentence would be a little, little less natural, but mm-hmm. a very, very close friend of mine sent me a referral. I still think it's, it, the third sentence is a, is a measure of gratitude. You know, they already know. So I'll give you an example. You know, one of my best friends, he would ask me for anything. I would do it. I would, you know, vice versa. I still think even with that guy, who's the last guy I would send this to, I would still send it to him because it's still a measure of, hey, you know what? That was extra special. It's important to me. This is my business. This is my livelihood. And you sent me someone. I know you like me. I know you trust me. You took that extra step. step. You sent me you know, you sent me Sarah, right? And, you know, Sarah was an amazing client. So, I, you know, it's an extra step of gratitude. Yeah. And here's the thing I would also say, you're going to send that note, even if Sarah doesn't become a client, because you're going to send it long before you ever know the outcome and your referral generating plan, you're going to keep, even if Steve sends you a few more referrals and they don't turn into clients. Now I would teach you in my program, how we change the quality and how we close our referrals better. But the reality of it is, is that we don't actually thank people and they're not a part of our referral generating plan based on outcome, Mm -hmm. right? It is actually based on the idea that they are willing to refer you. And that is what we're thankful for. Of course we can use language to change the type of referrals we receive and that kind of stuff. That's not a problem. Um, You can learn that step later. But right now it's more important to understand that, hey, when you get a referral, this is the language you use. We plant referral seeds in so many different places and people don't even pay attention to it. And that's why I always tell folks, I was like, some people get in, so this is kind of funny, but I hear people get in my program. They're like, there's so many like messaging and scripts and things that we can use. I'm like, yeah, because there's so many opportunities to plant referral seeds. Like you can plan them while you're networking. When someone says, how's business, you can plan it with those touch points. You're going to do as part of your referral generating plan to your referral sources. You don't need to, you don't need to do the language every time, but out of those touch points, you should, you can do it when you're writing a thank you note, you can do it while someone's in the buyer's journey. You could have planted it with AJ through the process of saying yes from working with you or working with you. Like, Planning referral seeds is like this universal language I think that people need to understand, but you do it in a way that doesn't feel like it's forced. Mm-hmm. And when it comes from a place of gratitude and thankfulness, and I'm taking care of my referral sources because they take care of me and uh-huh. that does not go unnoticed, mm-hmm. then it never feels forced and it comes from the right place. Mm-hmm. Do you, now if I have a referral source, let's say, you know, Steve obviously trusts me a lot. He sent me his son. That's great. Do you ever go so far as, you know, Steve sends me a, Steve sends me another sort of high net worth client. I send him the thank you note as soon as I get the referral. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that particular referral turns into a, uh, a big sale and a big commission. Post closing, you know, do I send him some massive gift or what do I do there? So that is such a good question. It's asked a lot and it's a delicate question. And I always, and it it is asked about, I made a ton of money off that referral. Should I do something for that person? Right down to the, this is the third referral they sent me. Should I send a gift card with my thank you note? Like it doesn't matter the magnitude. Uh It's the same type of question. And I always say it completely depends and it's what you're comfortable doing. If Uh you think it's going to set a precedent, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. because ultimately here, we're not trying to make someone feel like, Hey, if you refer me, you get a really big present. If I have a referral generating plan in place, right? So here's the thing I want people to think about. Every time Steve refers me, I'm going to send a handwritten thank you card, but because Steve is on my referral source list, 
right? I've got this referral generating plan where I am touching, right? I'm staying top of mind and touching him throughout the year and almost like it's in between receiving referrals and it doesn't show up because a referral happened. It's mm -hmm. because I have these touch points planned out for the entire year and I'm executing on that. Mm -hmm. So what Steve starts to get the sense of is that, oh, it's not just I get thanked when I send a referral. Wow, he takes care of me all year long, mm -hmm. right? And then of course, every time I send a referral, he takes the time to sit down and yeah. think about me and write a thank you note and then send it to me, which let me, let's be honest. Those thank you notes usually mean the most because they took your time. Uh -huh. They're uh -huh. actually sometimes more valuable than the money you spend. So yeah. again, if you got a huge deal and you want to thank the person and you want to take them out to dinner or take them to the spa or do whatever you, whatever you want to do, you can do it. If you think it's going to set a precedent and you're going to, and here's the thing, they don't always think it's a precedent. We feel like it's a precedent. It's uh -huh. in our minds. Yeah. But if we feel like that's the thing we're going to find ourselves in, then I say, don't do it because at the ultimate, at the ultimate point, then the idea there is, is that it's not really about the, Hey, you sent me a referral. So now I'm going to give you a present. If I'm taking care of you throughout the year, I don't feel like I need to do that. I right. can, if I want to, but I don't need to. Got it. Got it. I, uh, one lesson I learned along the way, and it was a very, uh, it's a woman, woman named Kara who was very high end uh, realtor that has very high end clients. And then she became an office uh, manager and owner with me. And one of the things she used to do is she would send a handwritten note and she would put a, a $5 uh, Starbucks card in it. I'm talking about to high net worth individuals. Okay. And what I said was, Wow, I would never, you know, I would never send a high net worth uh, client uh, a five dollar Starbucks card. And she just laughed at me, and she goes, "You know what? I've only I've only been doing it for the last ten years because that's when I figured out it, like how much it works. You would be surprised, you know. She would have been doing it fifteen years or whatever. How much they love getting it, they appreciate it, and you know, they take that five dollar Starbucks card, stick it in their wallet next time they go through." Oh, you know, I, I got a coffee on Paul or, or Stacy or Kara. Yeah. Yep. And Starbucks makes it really fun now that you can actually send it. If they have the mobile app, you can send the gift card to their app. Oh, there you go. And it makes it even easier for them to use it. And that's what I mean. Like people always feel like when you've given me X, then my Y has to match your X. Yes. And, and that's then saying that I'm only referring you because I think I'm going to get the fanciest, most expensive bottle of wine out of you after you've done it. What ultimately our referral sources want is it's the surprise factor, mm -hmm. right? It's the, wow, you didn't have to send me that for any reason, but I appreciate the fact that you remembered that last year I sent you four referrals uh -huh. and that XYZ, you did XYZ, but it was part of your touch point and you're going to do it anyway. So remember, people don't refer you because they're trying to grow your business and they don't do it because they may get wine from you or a $5 gift card. Okay. They do it because somebody out there has a problem and they get to be the hero helping that person solve their problem by connecting them with you, the best realtor in the world, right? That's why they do it. The fact that you acknowledge that they do it is uh -huh. what ultimately matters to the referral source and that thank you matters, but the things you're going to do in that memorable and meaningful top of mind uh -huh. referral generating plan matter too, but it's not specific to any one uh -huh. thing they do. It's the cultivation of that relationship over time where they start giving more and more referrals. And the truth is some referral sources will only give one or two a year and that's all they really got in them. And yeah. some yeah. they're sending you three or four and they should be sure. sending you eight a year, but you sure. haven't tapped into that yet. Mm -hmm. And we tap into that with the, uh, with the referral generating plan. Yeah. So I had a plan is four to eight touch, uh, points. touch points per year. 
one of the things that we do uh, that we do in our firm is we 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 have a thirty three a thirty three touch program. So, and you may say, hey, you know what, you're you're touching. We we send that thirty three touch program out to you know people who would refer, but also past clients that sort of thing. Someone that's lower on our on the you know on the A Bs and Cs, right? Mm-hmm. That's sort of the automated plan. But do you think thirty three is too many, or what if I what if I make the what if I okay what if I make the eight really high high quality touches part of the 33. So here's the thing. I don't know everything you're doing within those 33. So I'd have to understand what those 33 touches actually look like to probably say, kill it or cut it in half or right. But here's the other thing. I don't like walking into businesses and saying, I'm going to break stuff that's working. Right. So if your 33 touches are working, I'm not going to tell you, let's break it. What I am going to say is, is it working to the level you want it to be working or is it kind of working? Because then maybe you need to look at something different, like the referral generating plan to be able to get more and get better results right, than what you're currently getting. So I'm not going to say, oh my God, it's way too many. I don't know what they are, right? Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I wouldn't say that. What I do know though, if you're following a plan that says every three times that you do this, you should be asking them from a referral. What I would say is you can't, if you are running a program that tells you to ask for referrals, you can't also simultaneously run my program that's saying you're going to generate referrals without asking because mm-hmm. the messaging is mixed and it kills what I'm trying to cultivate and what I'm trying to help you cultivate within your referral sources. So it's more about what's the messaging, what are you doing, and does okay. it contradict, or can you find a way to complement it, or do you just need one and not the other? And that's okay too, right? I mean, every business owner has got to make that choice for themselves. Okay. First of all, everyone that I talk to, if I say, hey, do you want more referrals? They're going to say yes. Okay. That's for sure. So then it's a question of what's working. Now, when you say really referrals without asking for them, in these, in these four to eight meaningful touches that I'm doing to a referral source, that's what's going to get them to bring the referral to me. Is that, is that correct? It is because it's the language we use. It's the referral seeds we plant, but the touches are got to be memorable and meaningful so that they have an impact on us. And it then subconsciously gets us thinking about you from a, from a referral perspective. So let me just talk a little bit about numbers so people can understand. I tell everybody, I want everyone to have a referral explosion. So we have a free quiz in my community, but you can take it and it lands you at one of three levels. You're going to be a referral ninja, beginner in training or master. I want everybody to get to the master level of the thousands of people who've taken my quiz, only 2% land there, right, on their own. So I know there's a huge need, right, for people to understand what it looks like to get to the master level and to be able to generate referrals without asking. Mm-hmm. But let me talk about a little, and here's the thing, when we talk about these masters, I'll talk about it from a numbers perspective. Masters think different and they act different. They think different because they don't believe they have to ask and they do know why they are referred, right? And they ultimately know how many referrals they can reasonably receive in their first year. Because the other thing that masters do is that you can only be a master based on results. There's actually a numbers you have to hit to be able to get to that master level. And so the idea here is, is that, yes, I have definitely had clients that I've taken from 40 to 50 referrals a year on average to one, we hit a record in the program um, last year, 347 in a year, oh, right? Yeah. I've taken, you know, and, and these aren't all necessarily realtors, but let's, I'll talk about Stacy, who's a realtor in the program. And, right. you know, she was like, you know, maybe one or two referrals a month. And she was like, oh my gosh, it was so fun to see that hit consistent double digits. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So and like getting to that point of like, wow, and I get to do things that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it can also be, you know, it's like the mortgage broker or the financial advisor that's like, I get two or three a year that are consistent, right? For like my financial advisors and just increasing them by 30%, mm-hmm. right? Makes a huge increase. So well, it's not like everyone's going to go hundred percent full on referral only. We're yeah. all going to grow our business a little bit different, but the reality of it is to get to the master level, you have to think different. You have to act different and you have to get certain types of results to get there because results, let's be honest, are the only thing that matter at the end of the day. And so that is, that's what makes my process and my plan different is as we're moving in that process Mm -hmm. of understanding what it looks like to go from, you know, Hey, I'm asking for referrals and I'm not getting any, or I'm never getting any to being able to actually have a referral explosion. It will start with a trickle. Mm-hmm. And then the trickle can snowball and then you can hit your referral explosion number. And then we want to grow that every year after. But the idea here is, is that it, you do have to think different and you have, do have to take different actions. Mm-hmm. And it does go against a lot of the other trainings that are out there of what are taught to realtors and in this marketplace mm-hmm. um, in terms of what it looks like to generate referrals. And sometimes you have to be willing to stop those to actually implement mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay, so I'm going to take my list. I've got my list. Let's just say my CRM. I don't really have a CRM, but I've got my yellow yellow notepad. I've gone back five years. I've got all the clients that I've done. I figure out my referral sources. Now, I'm going to take those referral sources, and I'm going to do between four and eight memorable and meaningful uh, touches to them per year, okay? And, and what, what, that's my process. Yeah, well, you're going to use the referral seed language, but then here's the final step, right? So step one is identifying your referral sources. Step Uh two is making sure you can always handwrite a thank you note when someone sends you a referral because it sets the baseline for more referrals, saying you're you're worth more referrals. Step three is building your referral generating plan, which is the how you take care of your referral sources in between receiving referrals and sending that thank you note. Step four is the language piece you use that takes your top of mind memorable and meaningful touches and actually moves you into the subconscious from a referral perspective. That's step four. Step five, though, is guess what? You are super busy. You are running a business. You are taking care of clients and you're trying to make things happen. So ultimately, what you need is a process. Your referral sources need a referral experience, which is really just that planned approach of that referral generating plan, memorable and meaningful, top of mind, using the right language. You need a process to be able to execute on this so that it becomes something you do. Because guess what? If I'm sending out Wonder Woman water bottles one year on Mother's Day, and guess what? I miss Mother's Day. doesn't have the same effect to send out on Labor Day. Correct. It doesn't. So you got to have a process in place for what it looks like for yeah. you to be able to execute on this. But the truth is the meat and potatoes of this is, of course, identifying your referral sources is like step number one, go no right. further. Don't pass go if you won't do it. Right. But the meat and potatoes is really step three, that referral generating plan. And the secret sauce that makes the meat and potatoes taste good is the step four, which is the language of the planning of referral seeds that will do. But here's the thing. If you build it, it does not mean they will come. You actually have to execute on it, which is why step five is so critical and so important because we need to make sure that you are actually being consistent with this outreach and taking care of your referral sources and planting those referral seeds so you can start receiving more. Okay. Talk to me about the language, uh, step four, the language piece that you use to, uh, to convert these people into, into actual referrals. 
Yeah, so I always tell folks, this is kind of like that secret sauce piece, and it's the piece that you have to understand how to use because you can overuse it, and then it does not have the desired effect. And so the easiest one that I can teach you, of course, I taught you the one that you write in a thank you note and exactly what that looks like, right? Now, what your referral seeds will look like in the touches that you are doing, those touch points that you're doing to your referral sources, it depends on what your touch is, right? And I will tell you, we all have gifts. All of us have gifts for certain things. Language is mine. Math, not so much. Language, that's my gift. And so a lot of folks, when they're in my program, particularly at the VIP level, I'm helping them write their language because this is the kind of stuff that comes natural to me. But it depends on the touch point they want to do. It helps me understand what type of language there is. Of course, in my online program, there's tons of examples and scripts, and that's what it's there for if you're building your own and you're not VIP. But it just depends on what your touches are. But here's another example I can give you of how easy it is to plan a referral seed that everybody will use. At least I can guarantee you, you can use this one in the next two weeks if you leave your house. If you don't leave your house, I can't guarantee you can use this one. But if you go to a networking event, when someone says, how's business? I mean, just I'm putting you on the spot here, but what's the typical response people give when people say, how's business? Uh, You know, it's pretty good. Yep. There's... There's nothing wrong with that response. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for having that response sure. for the last 20 years, right? But sure. the truth is we're missing an opportunity. <laughs> but, uh, but go ahead. Wait, what'd you say? I said, I do. I have my own response. You said, what is the most typical? Yes. Yeah. But go and ahead. I don't make anybody feel bad if that's the response, right, that they've been using. But the reality of it is, is what I tell folks is plan a referral seed. We don't know where it's going to go until we know, but you won't know if you don't plan it. So the easiest referral seed to plant here is just to be like, when someone says, how's business? Be like, hey, it's great. Thanks so much for asking. Actually, you know, it's interesting. I was just reviewing my numbers over first quarter. I was just reviewing my numbers over last year. And you know, 80% of my clients came to me and they were referred to me by somebody else. Don't you think referrals is like the best way to grow your business? And then be quiet and watch to see if a conversation can actually ensue. You're talking about referrals. It naturally, it's the easiest. It's, there's direct and indirect ways to plant referral seeds. That is naturally the easiest way to do it is a, with a very direct one, answering that question, how's business? But there's lots of times you plant referral seeds. And of course, it, it also just depends on the situation as well. But those are two that people can typically get started with that'll help them. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> You are not going to have a referral explosion by answering the how's business question with that answer one time. You have to actually nurture this to see if it goes anywhere. And you will not create a referral explosion by handwriting a thank you note using the language I gave you from that referral source. These are things that build over time. And that's why understanding the formula and the pieces behind the referral seed language is so important. And it is the thing I would say that when I talk to my students that are in my growth by referrals program, they're like, everything makes perfect sense, but there is a formula you have to understand and spend some time getting good at with the language. And that's why we give like dozens and dozens of scripts. So no one's feeling like they don't know what it looks like, but a master eventually figures it out and knows how and when to use it on their own without relying on anything I'm going to teach. But that takes a little bit of time to get there. But once you do it a couple of times, you realize it's not complicated. It's just using the language. All right. Now, you said two, and I'm a little ADD. I only got one. Okay. So when you're at the networking, uh, when you're at the networking event, they say, how's business? You're like, wow, actually, funny you should ask me that. I've reviewed the last, you know, been reviewing my last, you know, year of business. And, and, astonished to find that actually 80% of my business came from referrals. Like, it seems like that's a fabulous way to grow a business. What do you think? Right? That is how you've actually just planted a referral seed. 
here's the secret with this though. That okay. actually can't be a lie. Oh, of course. Right? No, no, I, <laughs> but actually, I, I, I would like to say it goes without saying. It does not go without saying. I actually need to say it. Yeah, no, thanks for saying that. I, I, I never, it's the funny thing about scripts when people teach scripts. I never say anything that, uh, that's not true. You know, right. it, it just like, it, the, the power of it just fails me. And I think it's the same for, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, I was talking to Gary Keller the other day. Well, if I wasn't talking to Gary Keller, I wouldn't say that, you know, <laughs> maybe I saw him on a podcast and it'd be like, Hey, you know what? I was, I was listening to Gary and he said da 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 da. that would, that would ring way more true for me. And that's the way I would say it. It's only a nuance, but it's a big difference for me from the inside. But that's the one script that I got there. So I would, I would, yeah, true. And thanks for saying that, but I would only do that if I went back and looked right. And maybe I'm only getting, 30% of my business from referrals. So you're like, wow, I look back and I, and you know, I see, you know, a full 30% of my business came from referrals. It seems like, you know, that would be a great way to grow, uh, grow a business. You know, what do you think of that? And maybe you're talking to a financial planner, right? And they're mm -hmm. like, Hmm, you know, what percentage of your business comes from referrals? They go, Oh, geez, I don't know. You're already, now you're having a helpful conversation right. while you're talking about referrals. Give, uh, give me, because you said two, but I only got that one. Did I miss one? Or? No, no. The other one was the thank you card language I gave. Oh, thank you card. Yeah. No, I've mm -hmm. got that down solid. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, and those are, those are the two that I think, regardless if you don't go any further after listening to this podcast episode, those are the two you can, everyone can walk away with and they can implement immediately uh -huh. and to see if it's going to start planning and actually, actually having any, you know, anything come from those referral seeds that they plant. Um, anything else that I would teach to my students in the program comes from specific to whatever their touch points are within their referral generating plan. Um, but those two, I think anyone can use, walk out with and be like, I'm going to a networking event tomorrow and just heard on this podcast. I'm going to try it out. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Sometimes you have to practice the language before it sounds normal to you. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't sound normal to the person hearing it, even if it doesn't sound normal to you. So it's important to practice it. But to what we just said, it's important for it to be the truth. And, you know, if 30% doesn't sound like a very impressive number to you, then just say, I looked back at the last five clients I received, right? And three of them came by referral. Like, whatever, it sound, whatever the numbers are that are correct and real and true, yeah. use whatever version of that you want to use. The goal is to get a conversation started that says one, that says two things. One, I get referrals. That's what I'm effectively telling you. When I tell you that 8% or 30% or three out of five of my clients came by referral, one, I get referrals without me having to tell you I work by referral, right? right? And the second thing it says is that it actually allows us to then have a conversation about referrals from a business development perspective. Now, here's the thing. If I'm having this conversation and I am at, you know, what I'm, maybe I'm at like the neighborhood girls night out and half are working moms and half are stay-at-home moms, I'm obviously going to use this depending on who I'm talking to because it may fall flat on with some people. Maybe it doesn't, right? I mean, the reality of it is if someone says, hey, Stacey, how's business? They may be the most connected stay-at-home mom you have ever met who has a network of tennis friends, right? I only say this because most of my friends that are stay-at-home moms play a lot of tennis and I, they don't ever include me because I'm terrible at it. But the idea is, is that you never know. So you can plant anytime you want, or you can be, you know, strategic about when you decide to plant that seed. And it's really, I mean, I, I've had phenomenal, phenomenal uh, takeaways from this conversation. I, I know that you have a lot more to teach and that you have a book out and you have a program and I appreciate you sharing these pieces with, uh, with the Real Estate Rockstar Nation today. I definitely have learned uh, some important pieces for sure. 
everybody that we get on the show has we we have we find it very effective. They put up something. It could be it could be a couple of scripts. So so maybe you you gave two scripts today. If you give like you know eight scripts on networking or whatever you feel comfortable with, tell me what that is. And then I'll, I'll say that it's going to be the gift that we're going to offer that gets people to come on and click and then they'll get your, they'll get your gift, but that'll also be a link for them to be able to connect with you. Okay. Yeah. Typically I send people to the quiz because then the quiz follows up with specific things to do to move them from a beginner to a master. Uh, It's the referral ninja quiz. Okay. And it's just at stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. Referral. Ninja quiz. Okay. Referral ninja quiz. All yep. right. And it's, it's just nine simple quiz. questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nine questions. And then when they, when, they get the, when they get the answers to the questions, it then gives them some advice as well. Yeah. So what it does is that it gives them their level. So they'll take the nine questions. It'll give them a level. They'll be a beginner and in training or a master. And then it'll produce results for them that'll walk them through like a roadmap of like, here's where you are and here's what you need to know and be able to do to move along. Um, and that's kind of in a follow-up email that comes when we deliver their results via email. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Yep. Awesome. And so it, and it tells them here's some podcast episodes to go to or some articles to read to fill in the gaps that they have where they can get more resources. Uh-huh. And tell me, uh, it's Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, Brown, B-R-O-W-N, Randall. So, yep. So Stacy has an E, S-T-A-C-E-Y. Okay. And then Brown, like the color, and then Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L. And that's your, uh, that's your website. Yep. That's my home base. Okay. And then the quiz is just stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. Okay, Stacy, thank you so much for all the value that you've delivered today. Uh, as, as we talked about before, you know, all of our, all the people that come on give a gift to all the listeners and what you're, what you're, what you've done and we're going to have it listed up with the podcast is your quiz. And that quiz, you know, that quiz is going to, be nine simple questions, which is going to put you down into the just beginning, the sort of in training and the master level, right? You told me only 2% of people end up with master, Mm -hmm. you know, from the quiz, which is fine. That's why we all have teachers. And then following that quiz, you're going to give them sort of a walkthrough on what they, what they need to do to, to uh, improve. Correct. Yeah, I'm really big on the roadmap and the step-by-step and let's not try to throw everything at you at one point. So you, you will. Once you take that quiz, you're going to know where you stand and it's going to show you what you need to cut, the gaps you need to close to move yourself to that master level so you can get started and start generating more referrals. Well, I'm definitely going to take the, tw- the quiz and I'm just telling you in advance, I'm hoping for the middle level, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I will, not, I will not land into that top 2% on referrals for sure. But even if I did, you're going to have steps for me, correct? Yes, I absolutely will. I mean, most of the steps, let's be honest, are built for our beginners and our in training. So, um, but for people who come in at the master level, you know, usually it's just a celebration. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. 2% yeah. will celebrate. I feel quite certain I will not be in that 2%. So I'll be looking forward to the steps. Uh, I, I really am going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to taking that quiz today. How about that? Nine okay, well, I can do that. Okay. Nine questions. I mean, you should be able to do that right. Very easily. Right. Okay. And, and folks can find me at Instagram, Facebook at Paul Mark Morris, which is just Paul M A R K. M-O-R-R-I-S. That's my handle on Instagram and, and also Facebook. And Stacy, you're, you're just Stacy, Stacy with an E. 
So S-T-A-C-E-Y yep. Brown Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. And that will take you to all sorts of resources and a way to connect with Stacey. Uh, it's been phenomenal chatting with you. I really, really appreciate uh, taking the time. And, uh, and uh, I know that the Rockstar Nation folks will love it. Well, I had a blast being here. I appreciate the fact that you asked really good questions because it definitely allows me to teach more and provide more insight. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. And I, this will only be the second time that I make fun of the, the, the drape behind you, but I just say, hey, oh. hey, that's commitment, Sweet. right? Right? It, right? Yeah. You know what? It was this or my beautiful office with hammering noises behind me. Uh, I figured the audio mattered more than what I looked like and what was behind me, but you keep making fun of it. So now I'm not so sure. Well, it, it's... It looks great. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you again. Really appreciate it. And I know we'll be in touch. <laughs> bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye. Rockstar Nation. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen... There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.